Good evening and welcome to episode 64 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandunga Kumalo. It's the Friday edition of the Private Property Podcast. I'm sure many of you uh, are probably maybe uh, excited about the weekend. I know it makes no difference, certainly to many of us at home. But of course, we are right here on the Private Property Podcast talking about property, helping each other navigate our property journeys and learn from each other's experiences and something that a lot of us who are in the property space are very likely or most likely going to find ourselves doing is building and i'm sure if you've certainly gone through a building project you know how stressful it is whether it's you know extending uh you know a certain portion of your house at home or building your house from scratch it's certainly one of those uh overwhelming experiences that have that leave a lot of people quite stressed and I'm sure you probably also have quite a number of horror stories about certain projects that you have done. And this evening, what we're going to be exploring is if you're building your home, here's what you need to know before you're choosing a builder. We're certainly going to be looking at the importance of choosing the right builder, making sure that they are accredited, and talking a little bit about the NHBRC. And if you've never heard of them, then you certainly want to stay tuned to find out what they are, what they do, and certainly the value that they can bring in your home ownership journey and to help us better understand this i'll be speaking to the acting ceo of the national home builders registration council who is Otsile Maseng. before we start with them of course we are running our competition where you stand a chance of winning one of two one thousand rand cash prizes and all you have to do to stand a chance of winning that prize is tell us what you love about your city or your town and you can even tell us what your favorite feature about your city or your town is even share pictures uh, as you share your favorite memory about your city or town you can enter that competition in the link below that we have shared and we'll be doing a lucky draw next week friday right here live on the private property podcast i'm certainly looking forward to reading all of your incredible stories about where you're living and what you find memorable about your town or your city. But let's get started with this evening's conversation. We're talking building, the importance of working with the right contractors and understanding what the NHBRC does. And of course, I did say we'll be speaking to Otsila Maseng, who's the acting CEO. Good evening, Otsila. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Good evening, Zamap, and good evening to your viewers as well. So I think, you know, before we even get to the, the stuff that probably gives a lot of viewers a headache around, you know, finding the right builder, where you get them, what happens if you haven't chosen the right one. Let's perhaps look at, you know, the NHBRC. They have never heard uh, of the organization. Thanks. Thanks once more, Bezama, for affording us this opportunity to speak to your viewers about our business or basically our mandate as the NHPRC. The NHPRC, which is the National Home Builders Regulatory Council, it's a regulator that was created by an act of parliament back in 1998. Uh, so basically, we are a creature of statute. We are a regulator in the home building industry, and ours is just to is basically to regulate the entire home building industry, from ensuring that the builders are properly registered, are accredited, and they maintain or keep to the national building standards as and when they execute their 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 deliverables. 
So that's who we are. We are a regulator. Uh, uh, as I said, a creature, a creature of statute. And uh, we've been in existence since 1998 up to this far. And uh, we register builders and basically ensure that the home building industry is properly regulated. And perhaps, you know, so viewers are probably thinking, so what is the importance of having a, a regulatory body such as the NHBRC, uh, especially because many of us perhaps have not built a home from scratch, we're probably buying, you know, houses that are already built or buying into apartment blocks that are actually already mm -hmm. built. So what is the importance of the NHBRC and the role that it essentially plays within the property sector? Maybe we should look at what the, 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 the statute had or basically our, our, our legislators had in mind when, when this uh, regulatory body was actually put in place. Uh, Zama, you would remember that uh, in the just after 1994, and when uh, you know, houses were being built by government for our consumers, there were complaints around shoddy workmanship. Uh, and, and, and that's basically where this whole uh, regulatory initiative came from to say that uh, let's let's put in place a regulatory body that is going to ensure that building standards are adhered to without fail by the builders uh, and in the process uh, protect housing consumers uh, as, as 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 users or basically as 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 consumers of this particular service. So it's it's basically. Uh, the back of those incidents that were a bit or sort of prevalent at that time, shoddy workmanship uh, that uh, legislators at that time uh, thought of bringing through this uh, tool to to have a regulator regulator in space uh, in this space. So we are actually, as I indicated, uh, regulating the entire home building industry now. It's not purely government-initiated building, but it's purely home building industry across the board, including the private sector. And, and you know, Otile, I certainly said even earlier um, in the beginning of the show that those who've probably built a house from scratch do you find that this tends to be tends to be quite an overwhelming experience? I certainly want to hear from viewers at home, you know, what your experience has been, particularly with your contractors, because I know that tends to be quite a sore point when you are in, uh, you know, in property and building a property certainly from scratch. And of course, it's, you know, one of the things then that becomes important, uh, certainly as a consumer, when you're building your home is choosing the right builder. And oftentimes you tend to not even know where to go. Perhaps sometimes you might, uh, you know, get a builder via referral from perhaps friends or family. Uh, and, and oftentimes we don't really stop to check whether they are accredited or not accredited. Perhaps take us through, uh, you know, the importance of working with builders who are accredited and what the difference is. Because, you know, sometimes people would say, well, here's the building that, or here's a house 
that uh, so-and-so has built, perhaps they may not be accredited with the NHBRC, but it certainly mm -hmm. you know, looks like a sound house and it's a beautiful house. So what difference does it make if I go with somebody who's not necessarily registered versus a builder who's registered? Perhaps take us through the importance of working with builders who are uh, in fact accredited. Thanks, Zama. I, I think the, the, the major key importance of having an accredited builder working on your project, it's the guarantee that you sort of are basically buying into. Uh, you're basically uh, buying into a, you know, a, a, a sense of, of, of comfort to say that uh, this builder is not only accredited, but he or she will basically maintain uh, the prescribed building standards. Uh, and at the point where they actually, you know, errant, or they basically depart from the prescribed standards, there is that recourse that you have. Uh, unlike when you're utilizing somebody that is unregistered, there is no recourse. At the point where there is problems with the structure that you are putting up, uh, then it, be, it you 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 it becomes you know a, 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 a an issue between you and the builder, and that no, normally doesn't give you that form of recourse or form of mediation that we normally offer. And I think uh, it might just be important for your viewers just to uh, just to narrate. What is it that we actually do in that relationship as the NHPRC? We, as I said, we, I mean, on our database, we've got a, a database of about 17,000 uh, accredited builders. Now, these builders, they come through a proper channel of verification whereby we basically take them through a testing of basically the test their building uh, competencies and uh, bring them on board onto the, onto, the, onto the database. Now, at the point where you engage the services of this particular builder there, and they are basically, you know, uh, uh, the law requires that they should enroll your project. Now, what does that mean? Uh, it means that uh, before they actually, once the municipality has approved your building plans and everything, it's ready to go, they have to come through to us as the National uh, Home Builders Regulatory Council to enroll that project. Now, that enrollment, it basically buys you a sense of security because it buys you a warranty cover over the workmanship that uh, is going to be discharged. Uh, during that particular period. So once these properties have been enrolled with us and uh, they have basically ticked all the right boxes uh, and construction starts, we as NHBRC, we undertake a process of ensuring that periodically we visit the construction site to ensure that the builder sticks to the building plans and sticks to the building standards so that then whatever structure that is going to come up there meets all the building requirements. So at the point where that uh, property has been completed and it has met all the requirements, it then obviously gets, gets a warranty cover from our side. And that's the benefit of utilizing an NHPRC accredited builder, because then that structure now 
becomes covered under our warranty cover, uh, which would basically then mean that uh, for the next five years, now after you have taken occupation of that house, for the next five years, there is that sense of security that at the point where you pick up, whether it's structural defects, uh, mainly structural defects out of that property, you are able to come to us as the NHBRC to report those structural defects, and we are immediately able to intervene and mediate and get builder to go back on site and rectify those, those, those defects. In the event that uh, the builder is no longer in existence for whatever uh, reason, probably the, the company might have gone under through liquidation. Uh, and I'm sure you understand the current period that we are undergoing or we are going through. Uh, with the pandemic, most com construction companies are going under, uh, they're going through liquidations. But at the point where a, 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 a company has basically gone under, but you are part or you are still under our warranty cover, we as the uh, NHBRC, we are able to step in and, and discharge those uh, rectifications or those remedials remedial works that needs to happen on that particular property. I'm of course speaking to Otile Masen, who's the acting CEO of the NHBRC. We are taking your questions and comments after this break. And Otile, certainly one of the things that our viewers at home want to know is around, you know, the recourse that you've spoken about in the event where uh, an accredited builder, um, you know, doesn't do the, the right job or according to the specs, what exactly does that process look like? And, you know, even spoke about the warranty, um, certainly seeing some of the questions that are, you know, pointing to, um, wanting to know how that process would also look like we will be taking those questions just after this short break do keep them uh coming if you certainly encountered the work of the nhbrc share with us what your experience is or perhaps you didn't encounter them at all and instead you worked with the builder that wasn't accredited how was that experience i'm sure it can be quite a painful experience you know building a house generally uh and adding the stress of working with a contractor that you sometimes lose faith in could be even more stressful. We're going to go for a quick break and we'll be back just after this.
Welcome back to episode 64 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantumwa Kumalo. This evening, we're exploring if you're building a home, then here's what you certainly need to know before choosing a builder. And we're joined, of course, by Otsile Masen, who's the acting CEO of the NHBRC. We are, of course, taking your questions and comments at home, so do keep them coming, Otsile. We've got one here from Martha Shingange, who asks, I'd like to know what the window period is to seek recourse for poor workmanship and what the avenues are um, when such a builder cannot be found? Well, thanks for that question, uh, uh, Martha. The, at once, once you have taken occupation of the house, uh, the five-year warranty kicks in. So basically, the warranty cover uh, allows you that uh, uh, five years uh, cover or insurance against any structural defects of your house. So at the point where you pick up any structural defects, you are actually uh, able to, con- to to approach the NHBRC to report that matter so that then we are able to then get the builder. If for any reason you are not able to get hold of the builder, then we are able to get that builder to sort of uh, come back on site to fix that uh, structural defect. And as I said, uh, in the event that uh, uh, that builder is, for whatever reason, is not able to, 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 to rectify the defects, either because uh, they have gone under or they are basically just being, you know, you know uh, truant, uh, they will obviously then be taken through the disciplinary process by the NHBRC, but the recourse that you have is that NHBRC is able to step in at that time and discharge uh, the rectification of those particular defects. So that's what you are buying into when you get your house enrolled with NHBRC. Uh, you spoke about the window period, it's five years uh, that, uh, that cover uh, prevails. And that certainly answers also uh, Santhiel um, Tombe in this question who had asked how long that warranty cover is. It is five years. A comment here coming in from Malebu Makahane who says, I remember in December 2011 at home, they extended the house. It was quite a process, but what make, what makes, um, or rather what makes the process faster and smoother is having experienced builder and builders and also having the funds ready. We've got another question here this time around coming in from, uh, let's see which one we'll take, coming in from Nomfundo Mulemohi um, who asks, um, how do I need, why do I need your services when one has appointed a structural engineer on the project to attend to the integrity of the new building? Okay, now, uh, uh, just before I answer on the, the latter of the question, uh, it might just be important that uh, uh, I revisit the, the earlier uh, concern or the earlier question that was raised about, about, about the window period. Uh, as it is, uh, it is still five years. Uh, we've got a bill that is, that is going to go uh, to Parliament very soon, where we are trying to get that warranty cover extended. Uh, over over that, uh, uh, that period of five years. Now, there was also a, a, a reference to alterations or additions 
as it is currently. Alterations and modifications or extensions, they are not covered with, 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 with the current uh, warranty that we, we are uh, uh, offering to consumers. But that's part of the bill that we are putting in front of parliament to ensure that the alterations and additions are actually covered in, 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 in this warranty cover going forward. So as soon as at the point, I mean, we are done with the public uh, consultation process, at the point where it goes through to parliament and it gets approved, then those uh, alterations and additions uh, or extensions will actually form part of our warranty cover. Now, coming back to the question about around structural engineer, uh, as I had indicated, uh, structural engineers that are part of the project team, uh, that you obviously, that would obviously be assembled uh, by that, by that, uh, by, by what you call builder at that, at that particular point in time. So, it is true uh, you have structural engineers that will actually and you know oversee the particular project but what you are actually now getting the service that you are getting from the nhbfc is that we are basically in a pro well in a in a in, a, in an environment of ensuring that at the point where something goes wrong with that particular project for whatever reason, the structural engineer uh, made a mess of, 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 of that particular work. Um, that's where we step in. Uh, and then obviously we then take up that issue with the engineering council uh, of South Africa on your behalf. So that's what, that's what the NHBRC is there for, to ensure that uh, uh, home consumers, you know, rights are protected all the way because we understand the fact that uh, it's mainly technical jargon and technical uh, language that is utilized during this particular process. And that's the reason why we put a team of technical experts that are actually there to ensure that you as a home consumers, uh, uh, your rights are actually protected during that, uh, that particular period. So anything can go wrong, even with the structural engineer. Uh, being in place, anything can go wrong. So at the point where that something goes wrong uh, and you have this warranty cover with us, we are able to step in and we are able to then obviously seek recourse with the engineering council on your behalf as the NHPRC. We are of course taking more of your questions and comments at home. Perhaps you're in the process of building your own house or you have built your own house. Perhaps you've even used the services of the NHPRC and there's something that you haven't quite understood. Certainly do keep sending those questions and comments. We've got one here from another one from South Mbombene who says, how is the enrollment of a house calculated? Uh, what are the requirements and why is it so expensive? <laughs> that price question will always be a question that gets asked here on the private property podcast. I mean, you, we're speaking certainly to property investors who want to count every penny and make sure they save as much as possible. So I, no, I, had, to, I had to ask it on their behalf. Very true. Now, look, Zama, uh, uh, our, 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 our tariffs are, 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 are regulated as well. Uh, we, we, we we such we charge basically a certain percentage of uh, the, the 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 actual development itself. 
so it all depends on the the value of the property that is actually being put up uh, and that's how we arrive at a particular tariff uh, but what is good and what is uh, uh, proper or what is beneficial to our customers is that it doesn't matter that you are building a 10 million or a 15 million rents uh, house uh, our tariffs are kept uh, up to a, a certain level a certain amount which is 34,000 at the moment. Okay, and then we've got a question here from Patience Mulepo, who says, how can one verify a builder or construction company as NHBRC certification? I ask this as nowadays, people tend to present paperwork that's not legit, which, which you will only learn uh, once problems essentially arise. I'm, I'm happy that that question came through because I mean we we are living in a world where people misrepresent themselves easily uh, through documentation or whatever means. So it's incumbent on uh, the housing consumers and when you engage the services of a builder, as and when they claim to be an HBRC accredited or NHBRC registered for you to verify that with our offices. We've got a footprint, quite a vast footprint uh, throughout the country. We've got 23 offices throughout the country, but uh, for ease uh, of reference, it, it's, 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 it's quite easy for you to just to go on, on to our toll-free number uh, to check on the accreditation status of that builder. Uh, and, and, and that number will obviously be able to, 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 to give you now. I'm not, uh, I can give it to you now. It's 0800 Now that's our call-free number where builders can actually, not builders, but housing consumers can utilize that particular platform to verify the accreditation credentials of a builder. But you can always uh, reach out to us, whether it's via email or via our website, uh, just to check on the registration status of that builder. What we do is that the builder's accreditation is only valid for, for a year. Uh, and as and when that uh, expires, they are expected to come back and renew their accreditation. So it's you might have a builder that is accredited today, but a year down the line, after a year, uh, that accreditation would have lapsed. So it's quite important that uh, uh, as a housing consumer, when you engage the services of that builder, you verify their accreditation status because for, I mean, for obvious reasons, they will obviously present themselves as accredited uh, to get business, but uh, verify with us so that then we can give you that sense of comfort that you are utilizing a, a, an accredited builder and just ensure for peace of mind that the project is also enrolled. He should or he should be able to give you uh, that proof that uh, the project has been enrolled. And that also you can still verify with us uh, through our offices if you are not satisfied with what is presented to you. 
So you know, Sila, one of the, the, the big advantages of the Private Property Podcast is that we're not only speaking to consumers uh, who are interested in property, who are property investors, but also those who, of course, want to take their property journey in different directions. So a lot of us, as I mentioned earlier, are probably buying you know, properties that are already built, uh, perhaps even apartments that are already built. But of course, there are investors who want to diversify their role within the property space and see themselves also building. And we've already got a question here from Howard Mugatan who asks, can we perhaps ask what exactly are the requirements for a builder to be registered or accredited? And what would they, what would they essentially have? And would that give them an indication um, of what they're getting when they are called an accredited uh, builder? All right. Look, the, the, the <clears throat> a builder, when they seek accreditation, they approach us as the NHPRC for registration. As I said, uh, at that particular point in time, we then obviously take them through a competency test that uh, seeks to establish their competency levels uh, just to ensure that we are not bringing on board somebody that is going to dispense you know, shoddy workmanship out there. So as and when you would want to be accredited with us, you approach us as the NHBRC through our various sites, uh, the, the offices that I've syndicated uh, out there, the 23 offices uh, that are out there, indicate your, your, your appetite to be on our database. We will take you through the competency test. Once you pass that competency tests and we are you know uh, uh, sure that uh, this is somebody that can actually go out and uh, and provide a good quality service you are then are able to be put onto our database as an nhprc accredited builder now why do you need to be an nhprc accredited builder I mean, i'm sure Builders would know uh, in their uh, space that uh, the bank, for instance, doesn't fund any project uh, that is uh, executed by uh, a, a, a builder that is not an HBRC accredited. So it's a requirement even for financing, for project financing, that uh, you must have an NHBRC accreditation. Uh, government on its own um, doesn't utilize any of uh, builders that are not uh, NHBRC accredited. So it's a it's a requirement for the law uh, from uh, 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 from that piece of legislation. Building houses without being accredited by the NHBRC is actually an offense, uh, and in actual fact. Uh, that's what our enforcement you know wing is basically heightening up to try and ensure that we 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 we, we get to obviously to those builders that are busy erecting structures without being accredited with us because it's a requirement uh, it's a legislated requirement that every home builder must be accredited and be registered with the with the nhprc so that's 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 the value of, of, of being uh, an NHPRC accredited builder. One, you are compliant with the law, but two, uh, you are able to uh, discharge projects that are obviously 
uh, fundable or basically that can be financed by all financial houses because that's a requirement uh, from all of those institutions. Thank you very much, Otsile. We've got another one here from Lydia van der Merwe who asks, what happens if your builder registered your property with NHBRC? However, it was only an alteration and addition, so no enrollment was necessary. All COC certificates are non-compliant and head building inspector failed to do an inspection, so gave a temporary occupation certificate, which has now been withdrawn. Gas is a criminal offense, uh, METEC certificate fraudulent, and the NHBRC says they cannot assist as it was as, as it should never have been enrolled. How does this uh, builder get away with this? So essentially what recourse would one then have uh, with that particular builder in this situation? All right, uh, Zama, as I indicated earlier on, uh, alterations or additions as it is currently, they are not covered uh, by, by, by the, uh, our warranty cover uh, and they are not enrollable with the NHBRC. So as it is currently, uh, you cannot come in and enroll uh, uh, an addition to your house or an extension to your house. But that's what we are trying to remedy now with uh, the bill that we are taking in front of uh, cabinet and parliament ultimately uh, to amend so that then alterations and additions actually uh, form part of our scope. So as it is currently uh, additions and alterations are not part of our scope. So if the, the viewer there uh, was under the impression that their alterations were enrolled with the NHBRC, uh, I can safely say that uh, there is obviously some form of misrepresentation from that particular well, so children. So she actually does say that it wasn't enrolled because there wasn't a need, uh, as you're saying, that those alterations don't get uh, enrolled. She actually, enrolled. Yes, she actually went on to add another comment saying the bank also failed to inspect the property and paid out all funds to the builder based on the occupation certificate issued. So essentially, you you know, you had those alterations done. Um, they're not currently too standard. They issued out, you know, certificates that we certainly as the viewer you know has moved in you can see that they're mm -hmm. they feel fault um in the particular building or in the property what kind of recourse you know essentially do they have they certainly can't go to the nhbrc as it stands as it doesn't fall within the scope of the work that you do mm -hmm. um, but what other means can they perhaps try to um try and remedy the situation that they find themselves in Look, Zama, given the fact that obviously this would have been a contractual arrangement between the, the housing consumer and that particular builder, and I think the first question or the first uh, point of call will be the builder, obviously, and hold that builder accountable in terms of contract contractual arrangements that they have uh, between the builder and as well as the builder, as well as the, 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 the consumer, hold them accountable and basically uh, utilize that as, as some form of recourse. Uh, but uh, I, I sort of uh, also heard uh, uh, some, some reference to the bank uh, being involved at that particular point. Uh, and I think uh, that can actually be, 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 be some form of recourse to try and see if whether what contractual arrangements existed between the, the, the housing consumer, the person that was 
providing those alterations as well as uh, bank uh, releasing payments. Normally, banks would not would not necessarily release payments without a housing consumer signing off on satisfaction. Uh, so basically, saying that they're satisfied with the quality of the work. Um, so 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 that's 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 the 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 the, the, the recourse that uh, unfortunately uh, that uh, housing consumer would be you know limited to in this you know at this point and that's the reason why we would want to get all of those housing consumers to be part of this regulatory environment that we are discharging as the NHPRC so that then at the point where she finds herself in this difficulty that she has it's easy for her to walk into the or phone the NHPRC and say, "Builder Access, you know, uh, changed me. Can you intervene?" And we are able to intervene and on 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 her behalf. Otile, uh, the last two questions this evening. The first one comes from Lebohang Mongo, who asks, "Can a foreign national register with the NHPRC as a builder?" Come again. I didn't get that. Uh, can a foreign national register with the NHBRC as a builder? A foreign, a foreign national. Yes. Look, uh, up, uh, if a foreign national is legally in the country, uh, legally in the country with proper documentation, uh, they are, and, and, and their company and their business is properly registered uh, we, you know, in line with the requirements of the law of the Republic, uh, yes, uh, they, they, they can actually, you know, uh, register with us. But uh, uh, those that are not in the country, you know, legally, they have not been given the proper, you know, uh, residential uh, permits or residential, uh, you know, uh, uh, approvals. Definitely not. Uh, they are not uh, amenable or they're not uh, acceptable to sign up with us. The last question for this evening, Otile, is how often are NHPRC inspectors required to inspect the new house? And is there a completion certificate issued by the inspectors before the house can be occupied? Yes, uh, we, 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 and, and as part of the, uh, the, 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 the our building standards, uh, there is a minimum uh, uh, number of inspections that needs to be uh, uh, discharged by our uh, uh, building inspectors. Um, and that minimum is set at, uh, at four at the moment. And that's basically at the foundation phase. So at the point where the builder deals with the foundation, uh, our inspectors are supposed to be able to inspect that foundation base and give it a thumbs up if they are all, you know, satisfied with it meeting all the requirements. And then there is also a second uh, inspection that we do at substructure level, you know, and uh, we actually go right up until the roof level of the house uh, to inspect, uh, uh, to ensure that the compliance is dispensed. Do we issue out uh, the certificate in this particular regard? Yes, we do. Uh, once uh, the house meets all our requirements, we are in a position to issue out a certificate that basically indicates that uh, 
house has actually you know met all our you know uh, building requirements and from that point once the customer or, or consumer takes occupation of the house and the house immediately falls or basically is part of our warranty cover or it's covered uh, within our warranty cover going forth Otsile, we're going to leave it there this evening thank you so much for joining us Thank you, Zama, and thanks to your viewers. Uh, I think uh, it's, it has been a very wonderful session uh, with your viewers. It was important for us to come to clarify what is it that we are doing in the home building industry. And we basically encourage all users or housing consumers out there to ensure that uh, all their projects, home building projects, are registered with us. Uh, going forth in order for them to be covered, our insurance cover. Thank you. And that is Otsile Maseng, who is the acting CEO of the NHBRC. We certainly have a lot of people who are either building houses, have built houses, or certainly have ambitions of building houses. If you want more details of the work that the NHBRC does or their contact details, uh, should you perhaps think you're going to need their services in the future, we have posted them down here below. So do reach out to them. And of course, that toll-free number that Otsile shared with us is 0800-200-824. So you can reach them should you have any complaints about a builder that you are working with and that brings us to the end of the private property podcast it certainly has been a great week of talking property talking investment and of course growing our property portfolio we're going to be back again monday right here at seven o'clock on the private property podcast but we don't leave you over the weekend you can of course tune into the developers show at one o'clock with umandisa as well as on sunday at one o'clock you certainly do not want to miss the profile of some of the best estates that the country has to offer. Until then, it's been quite a great one for myself. I do hope that you're going to be staying home and staying safe over the course of the weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nicolene Terblanche and I'm part of the SA Women's Hockey team. And I'm the technical director of Tax Hockey. And I'm also the assistant coach for the first two years. I moved to Ferry Glen about five years ago. Ferry Glen is a really safe place and the people are really kind. Some of my friends live really close by in suburbs like Equestria and Olympus. morning I will wake up, make myself a cup of coffee, go for a jog in the Ferry Glen Nature Reserve or even just in the neighborhood. It's safe, quiet and the environment is really nice. I love Ferry Glen because I'm near the city but I'm not in the city. my mind um, on my own to relax and just to enjoy a round of golf. 
In Pretoria East, we really have nice uh, places to visit, like Midland Mall and Brooklyn Mall. That is really close by. There are also a lot of top schools in the area, like Pretoria Borsa and Westbourne Mendel Park. One of the most beautiful places to see the whole of Pretoria is the Fort Capricorn viewpoint. And that's my neighborhood.